On today's episode of the podcast, I am talking to Tony Castillo, a sports dietitian and the owner of Nutrition for Performance. He is a really great wealth of knowledge when it comes to all things supplements. So we talk through the good, the bad, the ugly, how to evaluate if and which supplements make sense for you. I had so much fun doing this interview with Tony and I hope you are able to learn a lot. So let's jump in. Welcome to the Field and Well podcast, Tony. I'm so happy to have you. Brittany, thank you so much for having me. I think the last time we saw each other, we were sitting at a bar with some other sports RDs talking about what are we going to do? Where in sports are we going to be at? And here we are talking virtually after a pandemic, completely <laughs> different than what we started out as, right? Completely different from the Kansas City, was yeah. it? Airbnb <laughs> with the Nerf guns and... <laughs> I, I just can't imagine. I remember thinking back, my husband was like, oh, how do you know, you know, Tony, how, like, how did you get him to interview? And I was like, well, (laughs) funny story. (laughs) So yes, total 180 from whatever that was five or six years ago. Right. Yeah. Um, But yeah, if you want, tell our listeners a little bit about how you've gotten to where you are now, like how you're helping people now, but also a little bit of that why and that background. Absolutely. So I forgot about the Nerf guns. As soon as you mentioned the house, I was like, oh, yeah, there was a Nerf gun fight. Anyways, uh, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit about my own background. When I was younger, I struggled with my weight issues. Actually, when I was 13 years old, I was made fun of. I had man boobs and my mom. I got a hormone panel. I went to go see a urologist, my mom. And to literally be upfront with you, I remember I went to a urologist. It was a female urologist. My mom was in the room with me. She's like, everything's normal, Tony. But if you really want to worry about your gynecomastia, which is what you have, there's two things you can do. Hormone replacement therapy or plastic surgery. And I was like, what? How are those the only two options? I'm 13 years old. There's got to be something else. Right? Well, luckily that day, after all the embarrassment I had in front of my mom and a urologist, I, I went home and I didn't know what to do, to be honest with you. I did not choose any of those paths. Uh, luckily, I, I kind of said to myself, you know what, I, I think there's other things I need to do. My parents didn't push me to go either way. They were just like, hey, you felt uncomfortable. So we wanted to address it the way that they say we need to. Anyways, so all throughout high school, I had weight issues. I was actually an offensive lineman in football. So one of the really big guys. And I was a band geek. I, I was both athletic because I was very overweight. And then I was also doing the band side. But anyways, I didn't know what to do as High school was ending. I was trying a lot of fad diets and a a friend of mine was a bodybuilder. So he gave me a bodybuilding meal plan and a bodybuilding weightlifting plan. Brittany, I lost the weight, felt great, felt confident. Then college came and I did the exact opposite of it. And I drank all the beer, ate all the pizza, all the tacos, and my weight fluctuated. And at that point in time, I tried every fad diet. So it was Atkins, South Beach. If it fits your macros, we're starting to come in. I tried every supplement out there, which is what really got me interested in supplements, which I know we'll talk on in a moment. Yeah. Talking about different kinds of proteins, different kinds of pre-workouts. I was trying to find the secret sauce. I was even taking hydroxy cut and that did not do well for me. Anyways, it was I was in college. I got my degree in biology and chemistry and I broke my foot dancing on Halloween night because I was underfueling. I was working out two times a day, counting my calories, had a very disordered relationship with food where I was literally counting the steps I was taking from a two-story house I was living in to to the refrigerator and back to get an extra two or three calories in a day. So it's very disordered. Yeah. And anytime I do anything physical, I just put a little timer on my phone just to get those extra calories in, which eventually led me to breaking my foot. And I I remember the first thought that came through my head when I broke my foot was like, oh my God, how am I going to work out? What's going to happen? Like all these, these fears that society has put in us, 
whether we're male or female, right? Well, then I, I broke my foot, took a year off school, graduated, got my master's in nutrition, and I sat for my first class before even going into it because I didn't know you could get a degree in nutrition. And I loved it, Brittany. From there, worked in the internship. Then I worked at the University of Florida. Then I worked with the Toronto Blue Jays baseball team where you and I have met in, in between those times. Yep. And I really like to work with athletes, C-suite level professionals, those higher, really ready to go people because they want help with their foundations, but also how to optimize what they're doing. So I state that because we always see athletes in those roles. And if we could get more athletes or people at the higher positions to say, eat more fruits and vegetables, hydrate or dehydrate, these small things and send that message across, how much better would the world be? So that's the first reason. The second reason I want to work with those kind of people is because how could they be lean all year round and tell us to eat things such as milk, uh, cereal, all these things that we're told to stay away from, from diet culture, but they looked the way they did and they performed the way they did. And it was just, it, it always boggled my mind. Like, how are they doing this, right? Were they doing something behind my back? Was it supplements that I hadn't tried in college? What was the secret? So really getting into nutrition and working with that kind of patients and clientele really helped me see it's just having a great relationship with food being fueled and being well uh, really helps <laughs> become the best. Ah, you see what I did there? I love it. <laughs> really helps you be the best you can be. So here we are today. <laughs> I love that though, because you can try all of those fads and the trends and change the way you approach your nutrition every year if you don't have that big picture, right? The things that are foundational that really support your health, keep you from getting injured, which can be such a big setback mentally, physically, like it's the unsexy stuff, yeah. but like done well and done with intention that makes such a big difference instead of chasing all that other stuff. So Brittany, every time I jump on a call with clients, I'm like, look, I don't sell sexy. I sell real. If I knew how to get you loss of belly fat overnight, I'd probably be on an island sipping a pina colada being a billionaire. That just doesn't exist, right? Literally. Same thing with when I'm working with people on healing their relationship with food or athletes who have plateaued and are looking for that next level. I'm like, hey, if I knew how to make this happen overnight, I would not be working out of my spare bedroom in my house, right? I would be <laughs> living on an island and like I would have people doing this for me. It's, yeah. It's just, it's never that, there's never that silver bullet. And so figuring out how to either motivate people or find people who are motivated to dig into that important boring foundational stuff is it's so much fun getting to oh, do yeah. that. And I'm sure you've heard it all the time with people you've been with. I know about nutrition. What do I need to learn? Mm -hmm. And they sit with you and the things they learn, they're like, whoa, yeah. what does that even mean? Just to give you an idea, I had a client I spoke to recently. He's from New York. He went to New York this past weekend and he ate pizza and pasta. And when we started, he's like, if you can get me to eat pizza and pasta and be where I want to be for my performance wise, I'd be the happiest person in the world. And I asked him, how'd you feel this past week? He's like, I felt great. I didn't feel like I had a binge on all those foods and all those things. And I'm sure what you do is very similar, right? It's like yeah. this food relationship where so many people come in looking for an increase or change in, in their weight. They don't even know what it means to have a relationship with food. They don't even know what it would mean to perform at their best, right? Because right. they're just looking for that next thing to latch on because they heard that if they cut this or add this supplement, that's what's going to make them feel great versus here's the foundation you actually need to stick to. Right. It keeps them chasing the small weight change or the things that are going to maybe get you a temporary improvement, but you're going to have to keep coming back for another solution or another refresh versus you do all the big stuff well and for the right reasons for you. And it gets easier. It really does. So when we're talking about supplements, so many people, even myself, when I was going through this journey, 
we always look for it to be that silver bullet, the thing that's going to take us to that next level without working on sleep, nutrition, stress management, so many other things. Well, I like to compare it to a donut because I absolutely love donuts. So when we have that foundation, it's like having the right ingredients for a donut, right? Which is going to be eggs and dough and things of that nature. Now, when we have the right ingredients, you have the right proportions of the ingredients. If you don't, you might have a super eggy donut, right? Or a super dry donut, which you may not enjoy. And now you talk about the timing, right? So now we have the ingredients, the right amounts of ingredients, now the time that you actually cook it. If you don't have the timing right, it's going to be either burnt or undercooked donut, right? And then eventually, once you have that perfect donut, you could put the sprinkles on to enhance the flavor. Now, what does that have to do with supplements? Well, if we talk about the base, that's the base of nutrition, right? The base of your donut. Then the amounts of how much proteins, carbs, fats you're eating, that's going to be the actual ingredients, the right amounts for that donut. And then how you cook it is that nutrition timing. Are you eating before workouts, after workouts, throughout the day, right? What are the things you're doing to optimize that? And then the supplements are the sprinkles. They are that small 1% that can make a change. But if you have everything else, if you're not sleeping well just as a moment ago, the supplement's not going to do anything. You're wasting your time looking for that 1% change when you have 99% of other things you can be working on. Yeah. And I, first of all, I'm going to start making all my analogies based on donuts because that's <laughs> fantastic. But it is, right? That's why a lot yeah. of times people feel so overwhelmed, I think, by the information out there about supplements because if they haven't evaluated that whole recipe, right, that whole foundation, and then they're like, maybe this green powder will fix it. Probably not, right? Even if you buy the most expensive one and the one that's, you know, well-tested and has yep. the nutrients you're technically missing, you're still not putting all of those really important pieces together first. Yep. So, yeah. 100% um, yeah. Well, before we jump into some specific supplements, can you give our listeners a little bit of an idea about what the world of supplements even looks like? How, like, how are things regulated? You know, just... A little bit of an idea because I think that is a really great area that people aren't aware of. So every time I work with someone, I love asking like what supplements they're taking. I myself have a, I used to have a supplement cabinet where it could be a range of things, right? We all do it. So I always tell them, all right, I don't want you to throw away because you probably invest a lot of money in this, but these things are helping you. These things are not. And then I also ask them to look, are they third-party tested? So there's two I really trust, which is NSF for sport which you can look that up on Google, whatever search engine you use. And then there's also informed sport or informed choice. So talking and speaking with many people from those companies, I asked them like, you know, what's important? What are some things you've heard of? So for example, they sent a sleep supplement from a baseball player to informed sport. They got the sleep supplement, they tested it, and they actually found cocaine in it. Now, I don't know about you, Brittany, but I'm pretty sure if you're looking for sleep, you're not looking for a cocaine <laughs> derivative in there to keep you awake right beyond <laughs> the like man i hope i don't get drug tested it's also like wow this really isn't the ingredient i need yeah especially <laughs> in sleep so these third-party services just ensure you don't have anything in there and 95 percent of our raw ingredients are coming from china i have nothing against china but if we look at how their manufacturing is done i actually have pictures if, if someone they want to reach out i'm more than happy to share them with you as well there's pictures, there's like motorcycles in there, no one's using gloves, and they don't clean the equipment well. So that's why a lot of these supplements are tainted. So if it's not third-party certified, you could have something with even methamphetamines, which I've seen in a lot of supplements. And you may be like, oh, well, Tony, I'm taking a protein powder. Well, I've seen some of these shops in China, they have a lot of cockroaches and rats, not saying all places, right? But pictures because they love these the sweets, right? Protein powder typically comes from a milk or cheese, which has natural sugar, so you get a lot of infestations. And 
per FDA, there are certain amount of cockroach wings you can have or mosquito feed, whatever you're looking for can be in these supplements, but supplements are unregulated. Meaning that the FDA, there could be a hundred pounds of cockroach wings, protein powder, and you have no idea because you're not going with a third party certified supplement, which is why I always tell my clients go for that. And some of the stories I've heard, so not only the methamphetamines and the cocaine, but just why would you want something in your supplement that you're not purchasing? Right. I always tell people that like you're wasting your money on something that doesn't even make sense. And one of my favorite ones, which we could talk about later, is just BCAAs and what's it made of. But again, just talking about what's in a supplement, there's so much. And what these third parties do, they make sure whatever is on the bottle is in the bottle or the container. And also that there are no banned substances. And I always tell people, you may not be getting tested at work for any of these banned supplements. You're not an elite level athlete, or if you are, great. But I, I still wouldn't want you to take it because we don't know what adverse effects it can have on you and your body. I even had a, a client of mine who, wor- who went to a, a gym, a CrossFit gym, which I do CrossFit, so not against it. And I'm also not here to push it. But he got a pre-workout that had SARMs, which is selective androgen receptor modulators. We found out it was actually boosting his testosterone and his estrogen, and it actually caused him to start developing a lot of other side effects he didn't want by just taking a pre-workout that was being sold at his gym. Yeah, it's. I feel like with the way that supplements kind of fly under the radar with regulation, because the thing is, right, they're not regulated like food products, but they're also not regulated like a prescription medication. There's very few rules. They're really dicey. And so then you're risking any kind of negative side effect from like, I wasted my money to a health side effect that I didn't expect because I wasn't planning to take this ingredient all the way up to like, there's banned or harmful things in it. You just, you do not know unless you're utilizing those third-party tested products so that you have that peace of mind. You know, you're going to spend your money on it. And if you're going to plan it into how you're taking care of yourself, you want it to be what you expect. Absolutely. And not only that, just because it's third party certified doesn't mean it has the right dosage. So that's where you would step in. I would step in. A, a dietitian could step in to give you what that dosage should be. But always step one is making sure that it has that third party certification to keep ourselves at calm if we even recommend it or not. Right, exactly. And then there's that, like you said, correct dosage comes more into like optimization. And am I going to truly get the effect that I want from this? But first things first, purchasing it somewhere you know is safe and responsible is a really good first step. So <laughs> the supplements are not cheap either. So if we're going to do this, let's do it. Let's do it right. You know? Yeah. So before we get into a couple of, you know, specific supplements that I know people are probably interested to hear about, do you have any general tips beyond making sure the foundation is solid for people if they're like, maybe working with a dietitian isn't in my budget right now, but I also want to be smart about this. Any tips to navigating how to know if they even need a supplement, right? Like how do we start to evaluate that if you can give us those tips? It just depends what supplement they're going after. But if I had to put a blanket statement on supplements that most people should take, yeah, I would go with creatine monohydrate would be one of the best ones. And actually, I don't want to say recommended, but they've been doing studies in pregnant women. And they've actually found that it does help with brain health and the baby's brain health. And it's interesting because my wife who's pregnant, she's been having baby brain. So she forgets things all the time. And we are supplementing with a third party certified creatine to make sure it doesn't have anything yep. she or the baby don't need. Right. If you are pregnant, a prenatal absolutely is something that needs to be in there as well. If you're not pregnant, uh, creatine fish oil, I think, is always helpful. So I typically think of someone who might have a lot of joint pain, brain fog, things of that nature, a lot of inflammation, which can manifest itself in many different ways and for many different reasons. And it's a buzzword, I think. But 
I think fish oil is also a great one. Now, multis, I don't really recommend. I, I really say most of them are really just a waste of time and you're most likely urinating it out. That neon color you get because a lot of B vitamins. But I would definitely say like fish oil, creatine, and then get your blood work tested for vitamin D to see if you're vitamin D deficient. And that's when I would recommend vitamin D. I wouldn't just blanket statement say vitamin D because it is a fat soluble vitamin, meaning it's being stored in your liver, meaning you can get a toxicity, which we want to definitely avoid. And then maybe a protein powder, depending on how your protein intake is throughout the day and, and great for post-workout. But definitely those would be like creatine and fish oil would be two I definitely recommend. And definitely creatine in women, just because I think it's so underutilized because we always think of creatine in like big bulky bodybuilders, but it's definitely something that women can gain a lot from. And it's been awesome to see the research on it. Yeah, I remember some of that research with a pregnant client of mine who had had a history of some like muscle atrophy in past pregnancies and yeah. some mental health stuff too that they were just starting to figure out might be at least somewhat correlated. So I think even, you know, having a professional that can help you evaluate, is this right for me? Not, is it an effective or a popular supplement, but for like my very unique situation, is this right? Is such a great resource if you have it. And then if not, knowing that a lot of people would be well off on creatine and a fish oil and multivitamins, probably not necessary. Other than that, you yeah. kind of go by your blood work. That's a great place to start. Cause I think, yeah. I mean, literally I am a dietitian and I probably talk about supplements in my calls and then my phone picks up on it, but like, can't tell you how many supplement ads I get every oh, yeah. day. So to not have the background and then be seeing that it's like really overwhelming for people. Yeah, absolutely. It's insane what we're targeted with and what supplements we are targeted with, right? I know. I know. Okay. Well, before we get into the ones that I already knew I wanted to ask you about, let's talk about greens powders for a second, because personally, I don't know about you, but I feel it's like mean girls. I feel personally victimized by the greens powder ads right now, like in January, yeah. a little bit before the new year. That's probably one of the ones I have seen the most and that I get a lot of questions about. What's kind of a general stance or your perception on those? I think it was recently I got a greens and then the reds powder. And I'm like, reds? What yes. are the reds? It's and I'm like, wait, hold on. I haven't and even I'm caught like, up on the greens what? yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, the reds. What is this? What, what are we? What, what's going on here? What do you call me? Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so I had to look it up and I was like, oh, okay, so this must be like the fruits and the greens is the veg. So would I recommend a greens powder only to start with someone? before I start to help them with their nutritional habits on getting more fruits and vegetables naturally. Why? Because if you're just getting it from a powder, you're not doing yourself the right service. You're doing yourself a disservice because a lot of these greens powders, even if they're third-party certified, come from heavy metals because now you're, you're pulverizing them and putting them in a very small concoction, a big hit, big punch, and now there's a lot of heavy metals in them. So if you take them long-term, it could actually affect your kidneys and livers instead of doing the quote-unquote detox, which we know doesn't happen when you take these powders. So my stance on them, if I work with someone who either travels a lot or someone who doesn't like fruits and vegetables, it's a starting point. But then we talk about how can we eliminate them so you can actually get enough fruits and vegetables in your day to day. Right. And a lot of these green powders have so many more ingredients than just fruits and vegetables, which is I tell people, I want you to get as much single ingredient supplements as possible because those proprietary blends that we see all the time, we don't know how much of everything's in there. And they don't want to disclose that because that's their proprietary blend. That's how they market to you. But back to the greens powder, I would, most times I would not recommend it. 
I'd much rather you take that money and invest it into working with a dietitian or finding a protein powder that's worth it, or actually go into a creatine or go into a fish oil that are third-party tested and, and working for you versus a greens powder. Almost 99 out of 100 times, I would say no to a greens powder unless we're starting off your journey or you really, really, truly need it, which I have yet to see. Right. I think it's that one in particular I've noticed is very marketed as like one, a catch-all, right? If you yeah. have any of these symptoms, it's going to help and it's great for everyone. And I feel like that in and of itself is usually a red flag for supplements, right? Yep. But then also knowing like you're not getting the fiber and the hydration and some of the other synergistic pieces of fruits and vegetables, it might be a good plug it in when you travel because you get no produce in or because yes. you hate it right now, but it's not going to be your long-term solution. And then I actually didn't know much about the heavy metals piece. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. That's a huge one that a lot of people seem to miss out on. It's just, yeah. they, and they don't want to talk about it, right? That'd be against their marketing. Right. But a lot of these plants, we know they're being grown in soil. They're getting these heavy metals. And now you're literally getting it in one small dose. Yeah. Which yep. is probably even more dangerous than you actually eating fruits and vegetables. Right. Exactly. You're distilling it way down and then yeah. the effect or the concentration of all those things changes. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I say let's just go through some of the other ones that people had asked about. And then if they're, yeah, like rapid ready. fire, look very ready. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I love the reels you've done on collagen. Talk to us a little bit about that. When is it useful? And also, how are we supposed to use it? Because I'm not supposed to put it in my coffee. I You're remember. not supposed to put it in your coffee. <laughs> Which has been a big thing. Like people have been... Like, other dietitians were like, send me the papers. I'm like, perfect, here they are. It's not just me making something up because it would do no service to ourselves or our clients if we we're putting out any false information. So um, some research has come out showing that if you mix collagen and caffeine, caffeine negates the effect of, of, the, of the collagen. So collagen, as we know it, is, is a matrix. So I like to tell people, I want you to imagine we're back in the whatever hundreds, we're on a pirate ship and we saw bleeding gums, right? The pirates with scurvy. And that was due to lack of vitamin C. Right. So collagen is actually in your gums and it's these things that keep your gums nice and tight so we don't have bleeding gums. So if you're looking for a collagen supplement, you want to make sure it has vitamin C. That means it's going to help the collagen be effective. Now, you don't want to mix it in a coffee, even though a lot of these collagen companies are putting it with a creamer to put in your coffee. It will actually negate the fact, which means you're going to have to drink more of their collagen. Now, you want to have about 15 grams of collagen with some sort of vitamin C anywhere between 30 minutes to one hour before workouts. So collagen has been shown to help joints, tendons, and ligaments, especially when we do any kinds of movement. Now, there is a crowd I would, I would say it's contraindicated or not needed to have collagen. And that's if you have tight joints, tight tendons, and tight ligaments. What I mean by that, people can't really do like a full rotation up because these tight joints that they have, that means your body's already producing enough collagen that if you take more, it's going to make it even tighter, right? Okay. And a lot of people take it for their hair, nail, and skin. And many women I've worked with, that's why they tell me they take it. I'm like, well, why don't we just look at your overall protein intake? And when we see that their overall protein intake is actually very low and you're just adding collagen, which is an incomplete protein, so it's not going to help you with that. If you start increasing your protein intake, your hair, nail, and skin is probably going to help. And a lot of the women I'm sure you've worked with as well just come from a background of very low-calorie diets, which causes them to have very poor hair, nails, and skin. And adding this supplement is not going to do anything if you're not eating enough protein and eating enough calories which is something a lot of people I'm sure come to you. They're like, what do you mean eat enough calories? What do you mean by that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it's like back to that foundation, right? If you're, if you're under consuming all of those building blocks and then you're like, I'm just going to layer this little extra piece of fluff on top. It, you're not going to see a change. So, okay. So good for like pre-workout 
for sure. Yes, um, contraindicated if you already know you're pretty tight and you don't need more of that structure because that's essentially what collagen is contributing, right? Yep. And then hair, skin, and nails, it's probably a, a toss-up, basically. At this moment, it's inconclusive. Uh, yeah. The research is some say yes, some say no. So again, right. that's more that personalization and just how much of your diet you're actually eating. So for example, I take collagen because I do a lot of high-intensity interval training, a lot of jumps, downs, and that's going to help with those collagen stores and movements that I have. But if I was very tight at those locations, I would probably reduce the amount I take. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. And definitely not in the coffee, which is like the trendy way, right? You see influencers on Instagram mixing it in. And I'm like, oh, no, don't do that. Turn it- <laughs> Run! Seriously, the opposite direction. I think it's interesting, though, given that research, that there are still companies that make coffee creamer with collagen in it. Oh, because they're going to get more money. And the other thing is right. some of these collagen companies, they're, they have 20 grams per serving, which is two scoops. Mm-hmm. You only need 15. So that extra five grams, they're just, you're, putting more money in their pocket, right. uh, unfortunately. And 20 grams hasn't been shown to give a greater result. So I say that because they looked at like zero, five, 15, and 30. And 15 and 30 were comparable. So there's no reason to take more than 15. 15 hits that threshold of how much collagen you need for the effect you're looking for. Yeah, well, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's a concept that we might not have naturally like come up on. But this idea, right, of the right dose, not just like the max dose. Because sometimes I see that in marketing too. So for listeners thinking about just because a product promotes, we have twice as much of X ingredient as our competitor does not mean it's necessarily a better option, right? There's doses that are effective. And then beyond that, not any more effective. And that's for a reason, right? That's why certain companies that do their research are formulating their products with a certain dose. So like just being mindful of that, if you feel comfortable enough trying to do that research or reaching out to someone who can help you, then you're not over-consuming or wasting your money doing extra servings. And now I'm going to get a bunch of advertisements for collagen pills. And that's the other one I want to touch base on because I remember going to a conference in 2019 and this company was giving out collagen pills. I'm like, oh, how many pills is in your dosage? They're like, oh, 6,000 milligrams. I'm like, all right, well, that means you need 15,000 milligrams for effective dosage. So how many are in each pill? They're like a thousand. I'm like, so I would need to take 15 of these pills (laughs) to get an effective dosage. And there's no vitamin C. So I mean, I have to have it with a vitamin C. And the representative was just like, thanks so much for coming by. <laughs> right. They're like, that's not the question we wanted yeah, yeah. to be asked today. <laughs> so people always yep. come with these collagen pills. I'm like, you need to take like a thousand of these in order to get an effective dosage. And it's just not worth it. Right. No. Especially when if you are someone who that supplement is going to work well for. Right. If you're in that group that you've described, there are now like travel packets and smaller sizes. We don't need the portability of a capsule. If it means I have to take 15, that's just not going to happen. Like, it's just not. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, what about pre-workout? Can you talk to me a little bit about that? What's the difference between taking a pre-workout that has all these other ingredients in it versus just straight up caffeine before a workout if you need the energy? Absolutely. So I always like to tell people fuel first, right? Food first. And I'm sure you do the same thing, right? If you want to be fueled and well, there's some things you need to think about. Look at that. Two drops. No, I'm going to have to, we're going to bring you on for marketing. This is... I'm hearing a side dig, okay? <laughs> it just randomly drops in. But yes. so it just depends on how much time you have before workout. So I like to think of it as a window or a funnel. If you have three to four hours before workout, you can have a full meal. One to two hours, the funnel gets smaller and you should only have something that has proteins and carbs. Why? You want the proteins to help with the muscle building. You want the carbs for energy. And if you have between one hour or 30 minutes before you work out, that's when I strictly look at carbs. You want that energy boost. 
So some things I love to recommend could be toast, could be granola, could be fresh fruit, could be fruit leathers, fruit bars, whatever that looks like before you work out to give you that energy to go through. Now, I'm someone who likes morning workouts. So I do like to have either dried mangoes right now. I like to have applesauce as my food. Now, when it comes to a supplement, I've actually been testing out some new ones. One I really like is called Proven 4. It does have caffeine. It has beta alanine. So beta alanine is the one that makes you feel tingly. And it has been shown to help get one more rep when you're doing a workout. And if you like that tingly feeling, you can just get beta alanine. Many providers have it that are third-party certified. If you don't like it, then make sure to not have that beta alanine. Now, if you want the caffeine, you can simply just have the coffee, which is a great option, or tea. I actually prefer that because that means it's coming to you in a food source. However, another thing you can do if you do like a pre-workout, there's another one out there. It's called Two Before, which I've just started trying, and it is third-party certified. Everything I mentioned is third-party certified. They have a caffeinated version and a non-caffeinated version. But it actually has something in it called Black Currant, and it comes from New Zealand. And what I like about it, it acts like beetroot, which means it's going to be a vasodilator, so open up your blood vessels, which could be something you could put into your pre-workout if you feel like you want to get more oxygen when you're trying to work out. It has the effects of elderberry for immune building, and it also acts like tart cherry juice with those anthocyanins, which helps with inflammation. So again, I've been using that now, and I feel like I've been having a better workout, but that's more personalized, right? So if we're looking at just plain Jane, you don't want to spend any money on supplements, which is something we like to start people off at. I like to have them have some sort of carbridge source. Now, if you say, Tony, I can't have any food, then I would say recommending a low sugar sports drink. Why? Just because you can just have a couple sips, you get some hydration in, you get those electrolytes in, and you get some quick acting carbs to get you through your workout. And if eventually you want to work up to building to, to eating something, that's a great way to start, right? So always making sure you get some carbohydrates. And then for caffeine purposes, I definitely recommend a coffee or a tea, right? Those would be things I'd be looking for in a pre-workout. You don't need a pre-workout. And if you do need a pre-workout, then you really need to be looking at your sleep routines, your nutrition, because you're really not maximizing your workout. You're actually negating all the work you're putting into to whatever your goal is with your performance. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, no pre-workout, no matter how good it is, right, is not going to offset that I'm getting five hours of sleep to wake up at 4.30 to go to the gym. There's going to be other foundational adjustments you can likely make if you're leaning that hard on it. And then I know Something that I talk with clients a lot about is the proprietary blends, which you brought up previously. A lot of them, a big chunk of what's in there is just a proprietary blend. So it's like if you know you need the caffeine or the beta alanine or the creatine, if you have a use for a specific ingredient, fantastic. Get that or get it from a food source instead of I'm going to let this supplement company that does not know me give me 19 other ingredients on top of it. Right. So absolutely. Yeah. It's just kind of evaluating, which I think it's really nice for us to be able to talk through this and give people a starting point, at least for that, because there's just so much out there that like, how do you know where and to start? So many people have been taking the bangs, the Celsius as their oh pre-workout. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, no, don't say it. Well, Celsius, as we know, is banned in the collegiate sports because it has guarana. So oh, collegiate athletes should not be using Celsius. It is a banned supplement. If you're not a collegiate athlete, that should just make you aware that it does have a banned supplement in it. And then bangs, they just have so much caffeine. I always tell people, caffeine has a half-life of six hours. So if you decide to take a bang, whether it's at 12 or two o'clock in the afternoon, that means it's going to take six hours to go from 500 milligrams to 250 milligrams. So you have 250 milligrams, which is about one, two, three, four, four shots of espresso still in your system at eight o'clock at night. And then you're trying to figure out why you're reliant on these energy drinks. 
And a lot of these energy drinks have been sending people to the hospital. Now, I can't stand up here and say, I've taken bangs. I've taken those energy drinks in the past. I stay away from them now because I see how much harm they're doing. And what, what I really need to work on was my sleep at that time, right? Yep. So if you're someone who loves these energy drinks, I'd say try, try to start staggering away from them and going to something more natural, which could be coffee or tea. And if you're someone who just really, really loves them, there are some good caffeine pills out there that I recommend over these because they're not third-party certified. Meaning some of these ranges, and it's been shown in studies, they can range anywhere between like 100 milligrams of caffeine in a bang up to 800 milligrams. So there's these huge discrepancies. Even though it says 500, it could go up to 800, which is an insane amount because what you really need just to personalize it, you only need about three to six milligrams per kilogram of body weight. But again, if you're thinking about it, 300 milligrams is a very high dosage of caffeine, which is about four shots of espresso, which is a lot. Um, most espresso has about 75 to 83 milligrams of caffeine. And with one or two of those, you should be good. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that gives people, I'm sure, a lot to think about because yeah. I can't tell you, working as a fitness instructor and seeing yeah. how many of those things get bought and brought into class, I'm like, oh my goodness, especially for a 6 p.m. class. I taught a 6 p.m. class on Wednesday and there were people with Celsius in their hand. And so no. I know. And so to think about the half-life, right? It's not caffeine wears off after, you know, six hours-ish given your the way you metabolize it. It's half of it is out of your system. Like, that's going to take a while. Yeah. <laughs> and then like you said, you're wondering, wow, why is my sleep so awful? Why do I wake up so many times? Why do I feel like I need these first thing in the morning again? It's just like feeding that cycle, right? Yeah. So even if you were to take, let's say like at two o'clock and mm -hmm. then at eight o'clock, it's at 2.50, six hours after that's 2 a.m. You might be waking up at 2 a.m. feeling like a little boost of energy. Well, that's because you still have 125 milligrams of caffeine in your body. Mm -hmm. So your struggle with sleep may not be that you have any deficiencies. It's just that you have too much caffeine at a different time or at a late time. Yeah. Wow. Oof. That makes me anxious thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, before we wrap up and talk, you know, about how people can work with you and all of that good stuff, are there any other supplements that you feel like you are getting asked about a lot right now or seeing a lot that are trending that are or aren't worth it? Like anything that is worth our time and attention at the moment? One of my favorite ones just to talk about just because we brought it up earlier was BCAAs, branched chain amino acids. If you get enough protein throughout the day, you don't need BCAAs. Why? I want you to imagine it's raining outside and you decide to go water your garden or your lawn. It doesn't make sense. It's raining outside. So you're doing nothing. So if you get enough protein, you don't need BCAAs. Also, most BCAAs are from bird feathers, which is absolutely disgusting because I don't know about you, but I don't really eat bird feathers personally. Usually. <laughs> Uh, can I get a side of bird feathers with that, please? Uh, it's a very expensive water enhancer. That's really what it is. The only time I've utilized BCAAs is with offensive linemen or someone who's a very high weight, heavyweight athlete that just needs that extra boost in leucine, which is the branch chain amino acid. But really, most people don't need a BCAA. If you're getting sufficient protein, that's what you actually need. And you won't need a collagen supplement. You probably won't need the BCAAs if you just get enough protein and fuel throughout the day. Yeah, I love it. I feel like that one, at least from what I've seen, is starting to lose popularity just because there's yeah. new ones, right? There's always something new. But I remember the era probably five years ago of like everyone had a shaker of BCAAs at the gym. And I was like, if you really want something to sip on, you've got a million different water enhancers. Yeah. 
could add a little splash of, you know, LaCroix to it. If you like carbonation, you yeah. don't need this $30 tub of broken down three of Bird the feathers, three of the amino acids. Yeah. With who knows what else mixed in. Just not again, like when we're thinking about what we want to spend our money on, right? It just doesn't, it doesn't feel like it. Like, especially I would say if your diet is solid. So yeah. Okay. Well, tell us. If you've got anything exciting going on that you want to share with our audience, how people can work with you. I know you mentioned at the top that you like to work with athletes and high performers, but yeah, just a little bit about how you operate as a dietitian. Absolutely. So I have myself and two other dietitians that work with me, Angie and Karen. We are team NFP nutrition for performance. And if you want to find more about me, you can find me at coach underscore Tony Castillo on Instagram. And when you listen to this podcast, if you want, I'm more than happy to send over a 17 page guide on how to optimize your nutrition in 2023, completely free just email me, Tony at nutritionfp.com and I will send it over to you. Any questions you have, feel free or ask Brittany and make sure to be fueled and well. And also don't forget to hydrate or dihydrate. I love that. Well, thank you, Tony, for plugging my own brand more than you today. For taking me down memory lane from when we were both broke college kids trying to make it a sports dietitian. But yeah, y'all check out Tony's Instagram. He posts hilarious and very informative reels, which I feel like is a skill set in and of itself. Right. And yeah, if you want any more information from him or his team, we'll link everything in the show notes. So thank you, Tony. Thank you, Brittany. 